Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God? Let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. We are in a series waiting for Christmas. And um, I, I can't, I've, been, I've been kind of chomping at the bit all week to share this with you. And as you get, as you get ready for that, I want you to take some time to get to know uh, Aaron and Amanda. If, if your kids are in kids' ministry this morning, uh, just go back there. She's going to be back in that area. Introduce yourself. Let her know who you are. And, and um, again, just, just uh, love on them and congratulate them. All right, everybody? Uh, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to go back to today. This is verse 25 as we are in the series Waiting for Christmas. And we're going to show you, I'm going to show you two people today that were waiting for Christmas, literally waiting uh, for the coming of Christ, for the Advent. And um, uh, one of them is Simeon, the other one is Anna. You might have read these. In fact, if you've read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, you've read about them. And I'm going to break this down to you in a way that, that, that is going to be very meaningful because these, these uh, uh, people are not placed in the Word of God in Luke's story on accident. They're there for us to learn from them, and they're there for a reason, not only convincing us part of the story of Jesus, convincing us who he, who he was and who he is, but there are things about their lives that we can learn from, and we're going to do that today in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and if, you're, if you have a pen there, you might need a pen, and I want you to mark down a couple of words here. I want you to underline, he was righteous. And he was devout. Maybe underline those words. And was eagerly, what was he doing, everybody? He was waiting for the Messiah to come, and he was waiting for a rescue. He was waiting for a rescue. The Holy Spirit, write this down, or underline this. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, underline this part too, the Spirit led him. The Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people, he is a light. We're going to talk about that next week. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. I'm going to break in before we talk about Anna, and I'm going to just point out a couple of things to you in this portion of Scripture that I think are very, very important, that Simeon obviously was waiting for a rescue. He's waiting for a rescue. And he didn't know what a day held. He didn't know anything about this day. He just was somehow nudged by the Holy Spirit. We don't know how, but the Holy Spirit told him, hey, today's the day that you go into the temple. Now, this is significant because Jesus actually, a lot of people think that Jesus, this is, the, this is the, literally just a week after Jesus was born. I don't think that's the case because there were actually two times in which Jesus had to be taken uh, into and to see a priest or to the temple. The first one was at day number eight, and that's the day that he was circumcised 
And he was also officially named. And of course, they named him Jesus because that's what the angel told, told Mary and Joseph to name the baby. So on the eighth day, Jesus went in, he was circumcised, and he was given the name Jesus. But then there had to be a time of purification. And at the end of, the, of, of Mary's purification, according to the law, she had to go to the temple actually 40 days after the baby was born and take the child to the temple. And it was a, it was a, 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 not, not only a, a time to give a, a sacrifice, and we know Mary and, Jesus were, or Mary and Joseph were poor because they didn't bring a, a lamb. They actually brought the sacrifice that were uh, uh, two birds that were very much cheaper than the lamb was, so they couldn't afford the lamb, which is, which is what, if you could afford it, that's what you had to bring. But if you couldn't afford it, you could just bring a couple of birds, and they would sacrifice those birds. And it was so their purification came to an end. There was a sacrifice involved, and there was a, a dedication uh, to, to God. And so that's what's happening. This is the, actually the 40th day. After Jesus' birth, he's brought to Simeon. Simeon hears the voice of the Holy Spirit. We don't know how, but he hears the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's walking. I just want you to imagine this. He's walking somewhere and people, hey, Simeon, where are you going? Well, I've got to go to the temple. Well, why? I'm not for sure yet. I I don't know. I just know that I've been told to go. I, I want to bring that up to you because it's so important that you live your lives in obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit that the, the Holy Spirit will speak to you at times and just tell you to go, just, just tell you to talk to somebody, just tell you to, 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 to do something. And, you, and people might say, your husband, your, your wife, your children might say, well, what are you doing? Well, I, I'm not exactly for sure. I'm just trying to be obedient to the Lord. I, I, just, feel, I just feel a nudge in my heart to go. I, I just feel a prompting to go. Do you know how many times this happens in my life? In fact, every time it happens in my life, I often wonder how, how many times does it happen and I don't listen, or I just think it's myself, or, or I, I, don't give, I don't give God credit for, and I'm telling you, it happens all the time where I, I'm, I'm out at, at, at stores or I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people on the phone, I'm, I'm just, and, and just a nudge, just a, a whisper, just a, a thought, an, an idea will come into my head, and I realize Oh, I've got to talk to them. I, I've got to minister to them. I, I've got to say something. I have to, I have to be prepared uh, to give them an answer concerning the hope I have in Jesus. There's just a nudging. There, there's, let, let me go even further. This is going to rock some of your worlds, everybody. Sometimes I'll just take a different way home. You, and, and, and sometimes my family, why are we going this way? I don't know. I just... I just felt a little, and did you know, sometimes and it's the simplest of things. Sometimes you realize as you go this different way that you look up and maybe look at the highway. This has happened to me very recently and it's just packed with people and it was a traffic jam and I would have been late to where I was going. And you say, Oh, God doesn't talk to you about things like that. Does he, does he not really? I believe he does. Why? Because he cares about my every second of my every day and he loves me. And if you have information for your children that's going to help them have a better day, wouldn't you give that to them? Well, why would my heavenly father not give those things to me? Why would the spirit of God not, not talk to me like that? Now, a lot of times I don't listen. Sometimes my wife and I will look at each other. This has happened more times than once, that, that something will happen in our lives that's not very positive, 
And we'll look at each other, and my wife will often say, you know what, I knew that we weren't supposed to do that. I knew that I should have said something. I knew that, and I said, yeah, I knew, you know, oftentimes, yeah, I knew the same thing. I don't know why we didn't listen to God, because God was trying to speak to us. We just, how many have made that mistake before? You didn't obey when he spoke. And, and sometimes you take a hit, and I'm telling you, the, it, the Spirit of the Lord will lead you. He will lead you. You have to follow. You have to listen. You have to obey. And Simeon just got a nudge from the Holy Spirit. However it happened, I don't know. But something happened where he said, ah, I've got to go to the temple. Well, well why? Where, where, where are you going? I'm just going to the temple. Why? How come? I don't know. I don't know. But yet when he got there, God showed up. In his case, literally. <laughs> like the son of God. Was there, isn't that amazing, everybody? Can I tell you, just listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. He's speaking. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. This is a second person in this same story, in this same day. Anna, a prophet, or you could say a prophetess, was also there in the temple. And she was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. So she'd been a widow for a very long time. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. With, in fact, one of my kids came to me one time and said, Anna should have died. If she was always fasting at the temple, she should have died because she wasn't eating up. No, it, it's saying that it, part of her ongoing lifestyle was a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And she never left the temple. She was just, she found herself in the house of God. And she said, this is, this is my place. This is where I'm supposed to be in the house of God. As she worshiped God day and night. Verse 38, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. Do you think that was a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think she just happened to stumble upon Simeon at this moment. I believe that she, everybody, just like Simeon, Spending time in the house of the Lord, worshiping God day and night, fasting and praying. I think there was something, I think it was the Spirit of God that told her to go look around, everybody, just to, to go there. I think this was a nudge from the Holy Spirit as well. So she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been what? Who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Both of them are waiting, and all of the people around are waiting for God to do the miraculous, for God to rescue, for God to rescue. I want to point out a couple of things about Anna and Simeon that are very important for us today. That first of all, if you want to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you want to be obedient to God and you want to live your best life and you don't want to miss out on miracles. In fact, everybody, today's topic is, especially for those who are waiting for a miracle, you need to listen up because that's what we're talking about today. If you're waiting for a rescue, if you're waiting for deliverance, if you're waiting for restoration, if you're waiting for a child to come back to Christ, if you're waiting for something that only God can do, can I tell you, can I show you three things that you need in your life? And it's based upon Simeon and Anna. And the first one is 
You need to be in right standing with God. Simeon was righteous. He was in right standing with God. My question to you is, are you in right standing with God? Are you living a righteous life? Have you fully surrendered your life to Christ? Let let me ask you this. Does Jesus have full authority in your life? Have you surrendered to him? Well, I've done that. Okay, 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 okay. Do you surrender to him every moment of every day? Because a lot of people think, well, I've surrendered my life to Christ. Remember that one time I went and accepted Christ as Savior? Remember that one time I raised my hand in church? Of course I've surrendered my life to Christ. Let me ask it a different way. Are you living a surrendered life? Everybody, just look, look, look at me. Look at me. This is so serious. Because this is the difference between lukewarm Christianity and a heart that has been set on fire. This is the difference. Are you living a surrendered life? When you're watching television, are you living a surrendered life? When you're having conversations at work, are you living a surrendered life? When nobody is around in your home and you're all by yourself, are you living a surrendered life. It is the difference between lukewarm, between those who are lukewarm and those who are passionately devoted Christ followers. It's the difference. As for me, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be, I long to be passionately devoted to Christ. I want to live a life of surrender. So all of those times that the devil whispers to me and says, well, you deserve this. though." But, but you, you deserve this because if so-and-so was doing this, if so-and-so was doing this, if you had this, if you had that, then this, but, but you don't have this. So you deserve this. You, you deserve to talk like this. You deserve to think like this, you deserve to go there, you deserve to watch that, you deserve because you've had and, and you need. And, and, and No. See, I deserve nothing. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And, he, and by his grace, he saved me. And now I surrender to him because he knows what's best for my life. And I want to live my best life for the glory of his name. I'm just calling you. There's some people in this room right, right here, right now, and I am calling you out of lukewarm living. I'm calling you out of mediocrity. I'm calling you to a passionate, devoted life of following Christ. And I don't apologize for that. Because that's what the Spirit of God is asking from all of us. Churches around the world need to be preaching that message. And by the way, if a pastor refuses to teach that message, refuses to call his church 
out of mediocrity or out of being lukewarm, can I tell you, he does not, he or she does not truly love their church the way that Christ loves their church. Because love always speaks the truth. Love always speaks the truth. Now, the love always speaks the truth in love. <laughs> and I want you to hear from my heart today. This is not a heart of condemnation. This is not a heart of judgment. This is a heart calling you to something better. And you know in your heart, lukewarm living, being a mediocre Christian, it's not comforting. It's not satisfying. In fact, you are left wanting. You are left in want. Because you know something isn't right. And Simeon was righteous and devout. He was devoted. He was devoted to God. And the third thing he is, he was spirit-controlled. Because the Spirit of God led him to the temple. He was just, he, he was just responding to the voice of the Spirit because the Spirit of God, it records, was upon him. But let me ask you this. Do you feel that the Spirit of God is upon you? That's a big question. Do you feel that the Spirit of God is upon you? I, I'm going to answer that myself in all transparency before you. If I ask Justin, is the spirit, does the spirit of God rest upon you? I would say to you most days, but I'm a work in progress. You don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm a work in progress. I believe the spirit of God is on me all the time. I think God's presence. I am a believer and his presence is always with me, but I'm talking about being spirit controlled, being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do I always give in to the Holy Spirit's prompting? Oh, I wish I could say yes. But at this point, I'm not quite there yet, but I want to be. And I'm getting better, everybody. Are you? Are you? Because you, you'll make mistakes. You, you'll make mistakes. You're not perfect. Your pastor's not perfect. I'm, I'm transparent, but I'm not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But let's pray. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be spirit-controlled. To not fail in that area of our life as we live for the glory of your name. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You say, is that all? No, 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 I got more. I, now, the rest of it is going to go very, very quickly. That if you're waiting for the miraculous, if you're waiting for a rescue, that God's best is worth the wait. Can I tell you something? For all of this, the single men and women in this room, God's best is worth the wait. God's best is worth the wait. Don't try to create your own miracle. Single people, listen to me. Don't try to create God's perfect person for your life. Just God's best is worth 
the wait. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to talk yourself into it. Just wait for God's best. Can I teach you about God's best and waiting for it? I got a few scriptures for you this morning. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man, so he doesn't lie. He's not human, so he doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? You're like, well, okay, God's not a liar. I get this. Well, that means then if he's working all things together for your good, then that means God's best is worth the wait. And think about it. If he's working it together for your good, it might be the case that it hasn't, that the best hasn't arrived yet. He's still working it. Come on, everybody. You just need to go tweet that today. God's still working it. God's still working it. He's still working it, everybody. He's working it for your good. What's this? Isaiah 60, 22. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. But we'll win. God, win. At the right time time. You got to trust me, God would say. At the right time, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to answer your prayer. James 1, 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to, uh, to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow that everything that is good and perfect comes down to us from the Father of lights. So so what bad thing does God send to you? And the answer is nothing. What evil thing does God send to you? Nothing. Because there's no evil in him. There's no bad in him. He sends things that are good and perfect. But sometimes you just got to wait. You got to wait for the miraculous. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is our son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. I love that. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will uphold no good thing from those who do what's right. Like if you're fully devoted to Christ, can I tell you something? He's not going to withhold his best from you. He's not going to withhold goodness from you. And what I found out, everybody, is as we are waiting for the miraculous, God is always doing something in us and in others. Let, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. And I, 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 sometimes I don't like this. I don't enjoy this, but it's true. It's true. That my faith has always grown the most, not when I'm on the mountain, but when I'm in the valley. That's when my grace, that's when my faith grows the most. That's when I'm changed the most. When, when I get to my knees and I call upon God, I say, God, you're all that I have. I don't have any other resources. I don't have any other answers. I don't have any other source of provision. I, I don't have any way around this. When I'm in the valley, that's when I grow the most. And could it be that God is having you to wait because he's growing you or he's growing somebody else? And you have to trust him. Let's admit it, everybody. If our lives were perfect and we never had a struggle in this world, would you actually be growing in Christ? 
Let me say it like this, everybody. There are people, and we have seen this now for 17 plus years, as my wife and I started this church, and I can name you names over and over and over again, that have come to this church when things are terrible. Oh, I need God, and I need a pastor, and I need help. And then they get it, and six months later, their lives are fine, and then they go. And about two years later, they come back. Pastor, I'm back. Yeah, I can see that. And they come back, and we help them, and we support them, and we pray for them, and everything gets better, and then they go. And a few years later, they come back. Pastor, I'm back. I need help. I need God. I, I can see that. And, and can I tell you two things about that? As much as that drives me crazy, as a representative of Christ who knows one thing about God, that he answers those who call upon him, that we have the joy, and I mean that literally, we have the joy, we have the privilege of continuing to invest in them and acting as if they didn't leave for two years. Why? Because that doesn't benefit them. It doesn't help them. They need to know that God is always the one that they should run to. And as a church, we're going to be faithful to them. We're going to be faithful. But don't live life like that. Don't, don't, and, and, and just don't live life like that. Run to God on your best days and run to God on your worst days. Because every day is always better with Jesus. Don't run from him. Don't take time off from him. Run to him every day. Run to him every day. Boy, that'll preach right there. So let me tell you something about patience. Very quickly, write these things down. Patience, waiting for the miraculous. Patience is an act of wisdom. It's an act of wisdom. It's saying, God, you're smarter than me. That's wise. It's an act of wisdom. It's an act of humility. God, you're more powerful than I am. I don't have the power. Patience is an act of humility, and patience is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. It's saying, God, I cannot deliver myself. It has to be you. It's an act of wisdom. It's an act of humility, and it's an act of faith. I just gave you three sermon points in like 30 seconds, everybody. I've never done that before in my life, okay? So, 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 so the cure for impatience then, the cure for impatience is submitting to God's sovereignty. The cure for impatience is submitting to God's sovereignty. Sovereignty is... And there's so many def definitions out there. A lot of people would just say biblical sovereignty, God's sovereignty is the fact that God is in control. And that's probably the most simplified version of the definition of sovereignty that, that most people can agree upon. It's so much richer than that. It's so much deeper than that. But that's what sovereignty is, that God is in control. I have a different definition that I like to use, that, that sovereignty is the absolute power and authority to be absolutely in control. 
It's God having the absolute power, the absolute authority to be absolutely in control. But I love what R.C. Sproul says. He says, God owns what he makes and he rules what he owns. God, God owns what he makes and he rules what he owns. What, what, what did God make? Everything. Everything. God, God owns everything. And that means, that means he rules everything in his sovereignty. Let, let, me, let, me, let, let me help you out for those who are waiting today. Colossians 1.16, God created all things. This is, this is a verse about his sovereignty. Ready? God created all things, and he holds all things together, both in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. That God created all things and he holds all things together in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Let, let me say it a different way. That God holds things together when you can't. That's what that verse says. That God holds things together when you can't. When you don't have the means to deliver or to restore or to provide or to save. When you don't have the power, you need to know something. That God has the power because he's creator and he holds all things together. Have you ever had somebody come to you and just say, hey, listen, hold it together here. God always holds it together. He's never moved. He's never surprised. He's never taken off guard. He never says, oops. God doesn't do that. God always holds it together, even when you and I don't. Watch what 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says. So, new song, new song, new song. This is to you. So, new song. Be truly glad. Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Even though you have to do endure, even though you have to wait, Simeon, even though you have to wait, Anna, it's going to prove, your waiting is going to prove that your faith is genuine. It's going to prove that you're righteous when you wait and that you're devoted and that you're being led by the Holy Spirit because patience is an act of wisdom. It's an act of humility and it's an act of faith. The Spirit of the Lord is here in this room this morning. And there's some people in this room that needed to hear what was said this morning. I've shared to the best of my ability. I've shared the heart of God with you. I've shared the word of God with you to the best of my ability. And I'm relying on the Holy Spirit to bury it deep inside of your heart so that you would be a person of wisdom, a person of humility, a person of faith, that you would be righteous passionately devoted to Christ.
and led by the Spirit of God as you wait for the miraculous. And the miraculous will come when at just the right time. At just the right time. Because God's best is worth the wait. Do you receive the word of the Lord this morning? Let's stand up together. That's a good word for us. As we pray over this, I, I want to remind you. That God shows up here every week because we gather in his name and he's faithful to his word. And I want to tell you that just as the spirit of the Lord is here this morning and just ready to encourage you and speak to you, that this room needs to be filled with people who don't know Christ. And I'm going to ask you this week, I'm going to ask you every week, let's go win some people to Jesus and share with them the hope that we have in Christ. You know, just a few nights ago, my, my wife and I ran into a couple. We had never met them before, but we try our best to be righteous, to be devoted, and to be spirit-led. We try our best. We don't always get it right, but we try our best. And we met this couple and got to know them. and Very spontaneous. It wasn't like we'd ever seen them before. We'd never met them before. After having a little conversation with them, we said, you know what? We said, do you guys, you guys belong to a church? They, they said, no, but we've been looking for one. They said, we, we just haven't, and they literally said it like this. They said, we just haven't found one that's really life-giving. I got the church from you. And I looked at this, I looked at this man who's is bigger than I am. He's a big man. And I, I looked at him, I said, I'm your new pastor. And he, he said, he looked at me, he said, you know what? I think you are. I said, I know I am. And you're going to come to New Song this coming Sunday. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be looking for you. They're, they're going to be here this second service. Right standing with God, devoted and spirit-led. That if you pay attention, if you pay attention, if you take your time, if you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he's going to create opportunities for you to reach out and make a difference in the life of somebody else. And listen, we have... The miracle is already in this house because you're the miracle. The best way to reach this world is through the church, God's church in this world. We, we are the way in which this world is going to be reached. It's, it's God's, uh, we, you've heard it like this, it's God's plan A, and there is no plan B. The only way this world is going to be reached is if you and I go out there and reach them reach them. If every Christian in the world just goes out and reaches them. And we have a job to do. And I want you to know that New Song is a place where the presence of God is here. You'll never be embarrassed by what happens here on a Sunday morning. This is a safe place to bring lost friends and neighbors and co-workers and family members and let's lead them to Christ together. Would you do that? Now for those who are waiting for a miracle, those who are waiting for a miracle. Would, would, would everybody just, we just bow our heads just for a moment. 
And if you're waiting for a miracle, if you're reminded today that patience, that patience is an act of wisdom, it is an act of humility, it is an act of faith. And that as you wait, you're making a declaration today that you're going to stay in right standing with God. You're going to be a passionately devoted follower of Christ and you're going to be led by the Spirit. And you're going to surrender yourself to God's sovereignty. So if you're waiting for a miracle, you're waiting for deliverance, you're waiting for provision, you're waiting for restoration, you're waiting for reconciliation, you're waiting for a healing, could you just raise your hand right now and let me bless you. I thought there's going to be a lot of people and certainly there are. And I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to bless you. Father, encourage my family today. Encourage them with the strength of your spirit. Encourage them with the truth of your word. Encourage them with your presence and your power like they have never known before. Encourage them and strengthen them, Father, as they live by faith, as they walk by faith. Father, I declare over them that they would have eyes that would not focus on the problem, but they would have eyes that would focus on you, that they would focus on your power, that they would focus on your goodness, that they would focus on your per perfection, that they would focus on your sovereignty. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that they have eyes that look past their circumstances and sees your heart, then sees your love for them, and sees your mercy, and sees the fact that you are working and you're moving and you're doing the miraculous according to your word and according to your will. I pray, Father, that they would leave this place so encouraged. Father, they would leave this place with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. I bless them with it today in Jesus' name and I bless them with peace that passes understanding and I bless them with a comfort that they have never experienced before in their lives and I bless them with a tongue that praises you and a heart that rejoices in you in all things at all times and I thank you that the miraculous is coming our way and we take it by faith father we receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ that our miracle will come we might not know when but we know that God Good and perfect things come down from you. And as our Father, you do not withhold good things from our lives. We thank you for it. We thank you that you're working all things together for our good. And now we rejoice and we worship you. So let's lift our hands up to him, new song. Can we do that and just bless the Lord for a moment? We just bless you and thank you that you're working out all things. That, Father, you have our deliverance in mind. You have our salvation in mind. You have our rescue in mind. That you have our provision in mind. And you know what it is. And you know exactly when you're going to give it. And now we rejoice in you because of it. We rejoice in your faithfulness. We rejoice in your power. We, we rejoice in the fact that there is nothing that restricts you that, that would keep you from doing what your word says you will do. That there is nothing that will restrict you from fulfilling your promises and your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, and they belong to us as your children. So we worship you, 
and we bless you and we honor you with all of our hearts, with all of our strength, with everything that's within us. We long for you. We desire you more than anything else in this world. And we reject every lie from the enemy that says it is hopeless. We reject every lie that says it's not going to work out. And we thank you, Father, for revealing those those lies to us so that not only we can reject them and renounce them, but we could declare your goodness over our situation and your faithfulness over our situation. And we thank you, Father, for doing a mighty work. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.